0: I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm Riley. We're cousins.
0: Let's hunt for some treasure. Riley, have you had any personal treasure since the last time we spoke?
1: Kristen, I have. Well, it's not just my treasure. It's kind of um, a national treasure. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am very into Formula One racing. (gasps) I don't think I knew
0: that about you. (laughs) I am. What in the
1: world? I am just a diehard fan. At this point, there is a Netflix documentary, which you must watch about Formula One. It will get you deep into it. But I have been a fan before that. But I just became just diehard um, after watching that documentary. And my favorite Charles Leclerc he's for Ferrari team he won on Sunday and I don't know when anyone's listening to this but this is the Australian Grand Prix I'm very pleased with him (laughs) and that is a treasure for me I was so excited I was yelling at my TV
0: being like yes go like it was crazy Oh my goodness. Like Super Bowl Sunday, but for
1: race cars. I'm telling you, you must watch it. It's so good.
0: <laughs> no,
1: wait, what's your personal treasure?
0: My personal treasure is walking into the Dollar Tree, the Dollar 25 tree now, and finding the tiny magic towels that are like the size of the palm of your hand. Throw them in some water, and they're like a giant towel, washcloth thing. They're awesome. We used to get them when we were little. Yes,
1: I remember our parents taking us to go, or our mothers taking us to go get those at yes, the Disney, at store, the Disney after store after we watched. Yeah, exactly, perfect.
0: Isn't it weird though? Like we used to have to wait. I remember in the back of the Disney store they had like the vault, or like the films that were out of the vault. And they had that giant film playing of like the movies that were out of the vault. And you had to like wait seven years to get it on VHS or something. And now we just have Disney Plus with every single one of them. But when I think of the Disney store, that's what I think of the back of it.
1: None of our children will ever see a Disney store unless we go to Disney World or Disneyland. There are no Disney stores anywhere.
0: You're kidding me.
1: No, I'm not kidding you.
0: I had no idea that they're
1: extinct. They are ex- they are an extinct thing. I relished going to the <laughs> Disney store. Like, that was the funnest part of going to the movies. Our moms would take us to the movies. We would see the movie. We would go directly to the Disney store in the fall. Yes.
0: Yes, in the fall. Directly.
1: We would get oh all gosh. of the accoutrements.
0: I love it. Oh, that's so sad. And it had a smell, too, the Disney yes. store. 100%. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, anyway, enough happy stuff. We're going to get into some seriously hardcore violence stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <scary. laughs> no, but this is a very violent man. <laughs> and um, it's, I guess you could kind of tie it into like Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean, but not really. So, our treasure today is about a pirate from the golden age of piracy named Black Ooh-hoo. Caesar. And yes, I am from South Florida and, you know, obviously grew up on the water going out to the keys, like in the boat all the time. My dad used to always take us through this little Creek whenever we would go fishing and stuff called Caesar's Creek. And so the Creek got its name from this pirate. He was a real life pirate and supposedly has buried treasure down there where we would like literally ride the boat all the time. Nobody's found it. Supposedly nobody's found it. We're going to get into that. But yeah, there's treasure out there and I think we should get metal detectors. This is
1: going to be an amazing treasure.
0: I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. All right, so Caesar Black Caesar lived during the golden age of piracy. Like I said, during the 16, 1700s. he most likely was a slave. All of like the iconic, stereotypical pirate visions or whatever that come to mind. That's basically yeah. Him. Okay, so he was he just is like the portrait of a real life pirate, the epitome. The epitome, yes. Black Caesar got his name because he was black. He was a black pirate. They're not exactly sure where he came from, but historians believe he was either a fugitive slave of the Caribbean or the Americas, or he was on a a slave ship or a plantation that got raided. And listen to this number. I had no idea. The Encyclopedia Britannica said, it is estimated that up to one third of the 10,000 pirates during the golden age of piracy were former slaves. I had no idea that one third of pirates were former slaves.
1: That is so crazy. But I can kind of understand. I mean, yeah. If I was a slave, I would probably be like, hey, if you have a boat, I'm out. Like I'm going wherever you want to take me.
0: Yeah, that's Well, and that's kind of what the situation was. Yeah. So they would either, like their ship would get raided or their plantation would get raided and they were either given a choice of being sold back into slavery elsewhere or joining the crew. And so most of them obviously would join the crew. Also from the Encyclopedia Britannica, it says, while many were still mistreated and forced to do the lowest tasks aboard ship, some captains established revolutionary equality among their men regardless of race on these ships black pirates could vote bear arms and receive an equal share of the booty so like of course if you're faced with that choice it's like okay am i going to go back to slavery or just you know live or am, as a am pirate? i gonna
1: get the equal share of the booty yeah <laughs> Bring on the booty. Bring on that booty, baby. <laughs> yes, I think that's amazing. Like, they probably were really progressive. I'm using progressive in quotes, but yeah, because they're all breaking the law. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, like, why would this guy not be as equal as me? Like, I totally understand that. And I think that that's actually pretty cool.
0: I do too. Unless you're
1: like killing whales or anything.
0: No, just yeah, people. Yeah, that's fine.
1: But as long as it's not whales. Okay.
0: So Black Caesar is famous. And like I said, growing up, I've heard so many stories, especially from my dad, about him. And it's really cool driving through Caesar's Creek on the boat and just imagining the real life pirate happenings that went on in that water right there. That's basically like my home, you know? Encyclopedia Britannica says he raided ships in the Florida Keys for almost a decade before joining Blackbeard aboard the Queen Anne's Revenge. So he also joined another famous pirate. So like I said, when you think of pirates, he is like right there with some of the most famous
1: ones. Probably the most famous pirate, which would be Blackbeard.
0: So he joins Blackbeard... Toward the end of his pirate career. Um, and obviously he's a legendary figure, which sometimes they gain like these mythical qualities as time goes on. You know how legends are huge. Legends never die. What's that? What is that yeah. from? Legends never die. Legend. Is that from Game of Thrones? Nope. No, it's from something from when I was little. I'll think of it. Anyway, he so obviously he gains some of these mythical qualities which we'll talk about, but one one thing about him that is indisputable is his size. Like apparently he was just this mountain of a man. He was literally like this giant man you do not want to cross him. And he was very very cunning. So it was noted like how smart he was. And so, like I said, they don't know exactly where he came from, but like a lot of accounts state that he was an African chieftain actually, who had escaped capture like multiple times and then kind of fell into, he basically got tricked into boarding a slave ship and he was sold into slavery, but on the way, like when they were still on the ocean, he became friends with one of the sailors on board who would feed him and just kind of look out for him. And when they were coming into Florida, a really bad hurricane came, as you know, happens, basically created havoc on the ship and they escaped him and this one sailor who were like buddies. And they survived. So I guess like the big boat just sank or something, but they end up living and they actually got to land somewhere. Like, I don't know if it was on Florida or like a little neighboring Island, but when passerby in boats would see them, they would like, oh come feel bad for us like take care of us and then they would like violently basically kill them and steal all their money and um (laughs) and so yeah I think I
1: would too if I got ripped from my (laughs) homeland and then went on a boat and then had to like weather all these seas I feel like being on a boat back then I actually know it was actually terrible you know what I mean People mm-hmm. were just like pooping in their pants and all this kind of stuff, like <laughs> disgusting. And then also, they had to go through the straight up Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, that like, be another it episode. must have gotten the super triangle.
1: crazy.
0: Yeah. Apparently, it was just absolutely wild. And but it says they allegedly buried their bounty on Elliot's Key so him and this sailor that were like you know tricking everybody and i literally grew up going to Elliot's Key on the boat for a boat day playing on the little tiny beach sand there like it's just crazy how this is right I know, and you know when you were like
1: i should have been just like digging for treasure finding all those mm-hmm. gold coins mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like I literally just wrote down sh- Elliot's key. I
0: went, oh, my gosh. I know. Like, I've no, been there. I think over so the many summer, we need to tell my dad to take us out on the boat with metal detectors and go looking for this. Also, we should do this before we release this oh, episode yes. so nobody beats us to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Okay, everybody, no
1: one's allowed to do it before we do. And if we find out that you've listened to our episode, you have to rebury it. And then allow us to go and hunt it.
0: And let, let us find yeah. it. Let's hit pause for just a second, take a quick break, we'll be right back. origin stories of him as a slave. Those two that I just told you are the most widely accepted. And for a long time, those were like the only two origin stories about him. But in, I forgot what year it was, but there was a man that was interviewed. He was like a hundred years old and supposedly like said he met Black Caesar at some point or something odd like that. But he says there's yet another tale about Black Caesar where his name is actually henry caesar or Henri caesar i think because he was from haiti and he was born in 1767 before haiti was renamed on a plantation he was born there and apparently by the time he was 16 he was just too big remember i told you he was like this big man Mm -hmm. and he was way too clumsy to stay in the house um to i guess be a servant in the house. And so That's the they the saddest thing I ever heard outside. in my life. <laughs> I know. Like like the saying, you know, a bull in a china shop is yeah. kind of what I think of and so they just sent him outside to do all the work outside and for the next 12 years he just basically amassed all of this muscle from working outside and doing all that physical labor (laughs) and just got this like absolute hatred in his heart, um, toward his master. And when the slaves revolted against the French plantation owners in 1794, he gained freedom and revenge. And, um, and so I guess the family that lived there, this was in Haiti.
1: Okay, this was in... So they and had, like, apparently white
0: 1767. Owners. Yes. Who owned okay. a plantation on the, let's see, the Arnaut. Okay. I mean, I guess it's French. I'm not pronouncing that right. But A-R-N-A-U-T. Arnaud. plantation. Arnaut. Okay. Okay. So
1: they revolted. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Kill, he was part of slaughtering okay. them. Okay, well. And apparently... This is the beginning of his violence, we think. Mm -hmm. It says Caesar and several others tied their overseer between two boards. With a double-sided saw, they permanently severed all relations with their former boss. I would
1: say they definitely permanently severed all relations. (laughs) I mean, they permanently (laughs) severed more than that. Their bodies.
0: (laughs) Yes. Agreed. So, <laughs> Agreed.
1: I feel like being a slave would just like make me mad as hell.
0: Yeah. So he apparently, after this whole slaughtering happens in Haiti on the plantation, um, him and it says a few followers. So I don't know if these people eventually became his crew or what, but they go into the jungle, they're hiding and The French troops are there for the revolt. And as we know, obviously, Haiti gains its independence. But in 1805, it says Caesar found his destiny, seeing that a Spanish merchant ship was becalmed offshore. He and his men stole a small fishing boat, paddled out under cover of darkness, and captured the vessel. And he treated the Spanish crew well until he and his men learned how to handle the ship. And then one by one, he just killed him off. So out of this article from, let's see, it's called keysdiscovery.com. There is a 16th century version of the pirate. So this is way earlier. This is in the 1500s, not the golden age of piracy. This is another origin story. Apparently the writer says he was neither African nor Haitian, but someone enslaved aboard a Spanish man war who escaped when the ship was destroyed during a hurricane. So kind of similar to mm-hmm. the other origin story. Described as being of unusual intelligence, Black Caesar and other survivors worked to build a ship from the remains of the Spanish shipwreck. So this article talks about them basically shipwrecking on Elliot's Key and for however long it takes they rebuild this ship and he is basically like the king of the island he has this crew under him they basically do whatever he says it's obviously a imp- black caesar yes yes and he has a bunch of captive he has like a harem apparently of over a hundred women <laughs> and this this story is only from one guy this This is not widely accepted. I just found this out from a man that apparently met him and made writings about him. I don't know. Very odd. I don't know if I buy this one. I think But he he, said that he wasn't from- Yeah, this writer says Africa or Haiti. But I'm like, well, then where was he from? Because just because he was on a Spanish man-of-war ship- doesn't mean like he could have still been a slave for the Spanish. I just I disagree with this article. But maybe they're saying the boat wasn't coming from Africa or Haiti but from no, Spain. I,
1: I think they think he was neither African or nor Haitian. And then immediately I went to he's an alien. So Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> well no, we're going to get into oh, that. Good. But well he's not an alien, <laughs> but anyway, it says um So the other origin stories, it's, he's in like the, you know, like I said, the mid 16 to late 1700s. They're not exactly sure when this other story that I just told you about, um, where he's on the Spanish man of war, that is apparently in the 1500s. So there's like 200 plus years of time in these, you know, a passage of time in these origin stories, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay. Um, But before we move on, I want to show you this man. These are artist representations of this pirate named Black Caesar. And I want you to tell the crew. I mean, (laughs) tell the crew. I want you to tell the listeners. Yes, this is our crew. Okay, so. All right, here we go. This is perfect. Okay. So
1: what I am seeing here is I have two different depictions of this individual, Black Caesar. There is one who is obviously from a TV representation. He is a very intimidating looking Black man. And he has a, like a satchel around his body with bones in it and a knife. And he's very intimidating looking. But the next picture that I am looking at is an artist representation of Black Caesar. And it is 1000% more scary. It's kind of El Skeletor-esque. He has a big hat on with bones in it, a feather. And his face looks like a skeleton. His eyes are completely white. You're just going to have to look at our Instagram
0: you see that human hand on oh, his shoulder? Oh, God, Kristen, I didn't
1: even see that. Yes, <laughs> there is a human hand on the shoulder underneath this, uh, yes, outfit. But you are going to have to look at our Instagram, which is at Podcast on Instagram. And um, just tell us what you think for yourselves. Because personally, the second one will probably haunt my dreams, like the artist rendition one. But I do feel like they do have a lot of similarities between them, so I want to know what what's going on.
0: Yeah, we want to know what the crew thinks. So here's a third mm-hmm. picture. This one, to me, is a little bit more like true to life. I would say oh, yes. it's. We'll just describe to our listeners yes, what you see. This one
1: looks more like a wanted poster. It's black and white pencil drawing. It's obviously not from the time, but it could have been. And it just shows a pirate, really, with striped pants, putting his foot on top of a treasure chest. It definitely looks like he is a black man, but he doesn't look the same as the other two. I don't know. He's got a jacket. He just looks like a pirate. And his face just kind of...
0: He looks like a little more normalized.
1: Oh, 100%. This looks like a real picture that you could have just like used Photoshop to like turn into a pencil drawing.
0: The other two remind me of how we were kind of talking about as time passes, the the lore kind of grows larger than life. And it's almost like, oh, let's make him look scarier than he really was. Mm-hmm. Like not to say he wasn't scary, but I feel like he could just be just as intimidating in this third oh, picture.
1: Yes, 100 percent. He's very intimidating. He's just more accurate, I feel like, than other depiction than the other depictions.
0: Yes, agreed. So I lean more toward the other two origin stories that say he lived during like the late 16, mid 1700s, because Mm -hmm. in the mid 1700s, a creek labeled Black Caesars Creek was actually found on a British map. And it's located just south of Elliott's Key in Biscayne National Park. And the inlet today is known as Caesars Creek. So I think that's pretty cool. The timing lines up with that origin story. I think all the pieces fit together really smoothly. I feel like it's really likely he lived during, you know, the mid-1700s-ish. I think that that is amazing.
1: I wonder how they figured out how to name it that.
0: I know, which makes me feel like... like they had
1: to have a reason for naming it that.
0: Exactly. And There has
1: to be treasure there.
0: I know. And we're going to talk about why he was so feared among everyone who drove ships down there. But he imagine being like the British Royal Navy or whatever they're called. And you're literally labeling land and waterways that you're claiming, but they're like, Nope, we're not going to claim that one. We're just going to call it Caesar's Creek. We're just going to write it on our map as Caesar's Creek. Yeah, like we're not going to go over gonna there. We're going to skip that one. Sorry. Uh-huh. So I think that's pretty cool. They were, they, they, they noted him, you know? He's preserved in history because of that. It's really cool. All right, I'm going to show you this picture really quick. All right, so here is Caesar's Creek, mm-hmm. and it goes between... So Adam's Key is up here at the top. Then there, right below it, is Caesar's Creek. Elliot's Key is right near here. Do you see this in the middle called Caesar's I Rock? do. Yes. So that... Is extremely significant. Okay. Oh, and then here's an aerial view of the same thing. Oh, how amazing. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yes. So here's Caesar's Rock in the middle. So this is all Caesar's Creek. So see how there are like barrier,
1: kind of like barrier
0: islands on the left and right, and there's this big rock in the middle of the waterway? Okay, that's going to be super significant. Listeners, I'm going to post these pictures on our Instagram So go check it out so you can see this awesome visual because this is key to the story.
1: This is key and I cannot describe it in any sort of functional way. So yes, please check out our Instagram and you will understand what we're talking about.
0: Yes, so this is from an article written by Sun Sentinel Mm -hmm. and it says, in the middle of the creek is a small island called Black Caesar's Rock, which I just showed you. Dozens of pleasure boats Motor past it each day, safe now from the pirate craft that once terrorized shipping in nearby waters. So like I said at the beginning of this episode, I have been through this creek countless times. Actually, later I'm going to show you a picture that I actually took myself from the front of my dad's boat in this creek of the rock.
1: It's really cool. That will be also on our Instagram.
0: Yes, check it out. In the rock, Mm. there used to be a giant iron ring. And picture this people, it's like mangrove islands. I don't know if you've ever been out on the boat in the Keys or seen pictures. It's like little clumps of trees, mangrove trees that just kind of live in the ocean. And sometimes it looks like they're just trees out there. Sometimes they'll have like A tiny sandy beach. Yeah,
1: but when you get near the mangroves too, they're all knotted up. Like underneath the water, there's like all these roots that are just like knotted together. And if I had a treasure in there, you'd never be able to get it out. Just something to think about.
0: Yeah. It's not like a giant piece of mainland. It's just like these little clumps of tiny mangrove islands out in in the middle of the water. So A giant iron ring. Yeah, it was like a giant iron ring that Black Caesar and whoever his crew was, like, hammered into the island, into the rock of the island. Um, And I remember my dad telling me about it when I was little, because I wanted to see it so bad, but it's not there anymore. But I think our grandpa, Papa, has seen it. I want to say he has. I don't know. I don't know if it was already gone. He may have. We'll have to ask him. Either way, it is indisputable that it was there. So Caesar would take the mast of his boat, like his pirate ship, and in the middle of this waterway, the outer islands block the view from the outside, like from the ocean. So in the middle of this waterway, he would, yes, he would take ropes around the top of the center mast, put it through that giant iron ring and pull his boat over all the way on its side. And like he nailed down this entire ship design to where everything in it was like adhered somehow to, like he would nail all the parts in it so nothing was like crashing over when they tilted it. Like everything was stationary. So he would- So he was, he was able this. to hide the boat like horizontally? Yes, behind the rock. Yes, it would literally be laying down in the water- That is
1: the smartest idea I've ever heard in my life.
0: I know. Isn't he a genius? I love him. And just imagine hearing this like on the boat with your dad when you're like seven and you think pirates are real. That is a treasure in and of itself. Yeah. Yes. Pirates are real. No, they are. He would hide his boat sideways. And when all of these shipping boats would come through, because it was a major shipping way through the Caribbean, he would – just sabotage them and of course they couldn't sail away they didn't have motors or anything so he would just go like get all their stuff and kill them all and it said that nobody ever survived a visit with black caesar like he would literally slaughter everybody and take all the stuff for himself that's not great but he did have some good ideas it's ingenious yeah. like you can still be a genius even if you're evil yeah. like you can still be a genius. I mean, I think
1: that Ifo people are pretty ingenious most of the time, but like this is just thinking yeah. that you can make a boat literally lay on its side is just—I've never heard of anything like that. Like mm-hmm. you are teaching me so much stuff. I'm so excited to learn about this. This is amazing.
0: It's so cool. So, and don't forget, there's supposedly oh, this treasure. Yeah, we're I'm talk sure. About it. Okay, so. This article was saying Black Caesar's Rock was an ideal base of operations because looking in from the ocean, the channel to the island was invisible, like the channel into the rock, which you can still see mm-hmm. on an aerial map, and lost among the mangroves, where his boat was just laying over flat. Yet the pirates had a clear view of shipping lanes. So how yes. cool is that? And then according to the 1936 article, this is from KeysDiscovery.com. Steps had been cut from the coral rock that led nine feet below the surface of Caesars Creek. So they actually were cutting into the island. Um, and an iron ring was hammered into the substrate and employed to help hide the telltale sign of a pirate mass sticking up from behind the low-lying island. By caulking the decks and hatchways of his war vessel, he could have run a rope through the eye bolt, fastened the other end to the ship's mast, and used the leverage thus obtained to pull the boat to its side, effectively hiding it from passing vessels in the ocean beyond. So he like prepped this That boat.
1: is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. or ever heard. Mm-hmm. I love it. I cannot believe that they cut steps. Yeah. Like, that is so cool.
0: He, I just love how well thought out. Well, I kind of said it when we were in our Viking episode of Eggle. Like, a lot of times in our modern day depictions of, like, Vikings or pirates, it's just like, they're these bloodthirsty killing machines with no brain. And it's like, look at how much he thought about this. Especially in a time where slaves didn't get education. Exactly. So, like, he was... How did he learn this? You know what I mean? He was just a oh, genius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was just using,
1: like, his intuition kind of and just, like, his just kind of knowledge of, like, the world. Like, okay, we're going to definitely need steps to, like, get up out of this water and we need these mm-hmm. steps and this will help us hide this boat lower.
0: Very methodically. methodically that's a perfect
1: word yes. to use. Yes,
0: And then that makes me think that If he's this methodical about these things, he's not just going to carelessly throw his treasure away. It's not just going to randomly sink somewhere to the bottom of the ocean. Like he has buried it somewhere. And I just want to get inside his brain and know where it is. Totally agreed. He is going to bury it somewhere. Probably
1: only he can find or somebody who is exactly what you said, like in his brain or can kind of figure out his mythology can find. But he obviously trusts the keys. So it,
0: it's got to yes. be there. It's got to be there. And he was apparently like I mean that one article said he had like a harem of a hundred women and he was basically treated like a king on Elliot's key. I don't really believe that. But the other articles are very clear that yes he was on Elliot's key and had you know, power there, like a crew. And he was the leader. So my bet is that it's there or on a neighboring Island. And I just want to go there so bad. Okay. Riley, I know you are on the edge of your seat dying to hear the rest of this story. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to hear the rest. So he was very cruel. I know that I mentioned that. So the iron ring was not the only thing hammered into the coral. There have been, listen to this, there have been shackles found that were embedded in the coral Uh, because one of his favorite methods of torture was to chain victims to a rock at low tide. And the man would obviously suffer under the brutal sun and slowly the seawater would just rise around him and ultimately drown him. Yeah.
1: That is one of my favorite methods of torture. (laughs) Um, And if they found shackles, I mean, what other proof do we need? One hundred percent there was a pirate there. If it wasn't him, it had to have been
0: someone else. Was definitely yeah, him. Yeah, and like the ring is oh my God. there. what is this? Oh, okay. I'm showing you a picture right now of, these are shackles that were found much like the one Caesar is, you know, it's rumored that he used. These are on display at the Martello or Marteo Museum in Key West, which haven't you been there? Didn't you see that scary doll there? Yes, I did go there. Yes. Oh, I remember you guys went and you were telling me about that evil doll. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty
1: jarring. But um but this is somebody in like a w- old wheelchair. Is this not what I'm looking at?
0: <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait.
1: <laughs> That's a skeleton in an old wheelchair.
0: Wait, these must not be the right images then. <laughs> I was trying to find the shackles do on display museum. You museum. not what I'm in the looking at. Museum. Yeah, I see the wheelchair and these look probably it might... what like braces or do you think that's the shackles? Oh, God. it's drilled into the head. Oh. I could not find any pictures on the internet of this museum, but this is one I found from the museum and I'm assuming this is what it's talking about. Oh.
1: I can see it much more clearly right now, Kristen. 100% those are shackles. There's not only a shackle around the head, but there are shackles around the arms. And it almost looks like they go over the legs, but you can't really tell. But they did put it in a wicker wheelchair (laughs) just to confuse the public, (laughs) I think, maybe. Yeah, there's even a chain coming down from the head to the wrists, Oh, 100%. Those are definitely shackles. Yes.
0: How terrifying is that? Imagine someone snapping that on your head. This is awful. Yes. It's a it's a head shackle. I've never a heard of head that before. Shackle. But that's,
1: that's <laughs> what that I is. I feel what?
0: sad because I'm like, I wonder if these torture devices that he used were like used on him or, or like people... Did he witness stuff like this on the plantation when he was a slave? Yeah, like yeah. how did he come up? I know with pirates are violent, but like I don't know, he just randomly would do this to people. So that makes me kinda sad. You for have him. to get inspiration yeah, from this somewhere. Makes me sad for him. But not that sad because he literally killed everyone he came across.
1: Yeah, that yes. is pretty crappy.
0: Yep. I just can't imagine being out there. Yeah, first of all, in that itchy salt water all day with the oh. baking sun and then just slowly drowning. <laughs> <sighs> so it would be just awful. Yes. Apparently we're going to get into a little bit about how he kind of like fizzled out or like he kind of went out with a bang anyway. He, so we've talked about him being on Elliot key I call it Elliot's Key, but the maps say Elliot Key. But I have literally always grown up calling it Elliot's Key. So whatever. Sue me. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's Elliot's Key. Everybody that I know calls it Elliot's Key. From this Sun Sentinel article, it says that basically every man, I guess, on the island where he was basically the ruler, obviously the leader, the, the captain. There we go. So- There was this woman that they captured off one of their ships. Apparently she was very beautiful. Caesar wanted him to himself. As you can imagine, women were probably in very short supply on an isolated island. So they all wanted her for themselves. And he just solved the dilemma in typical pirate fashion, apparently, by killing the man who once saved his life.
1: But I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one woman available, it might even be a manatee. Who knows? That's what they say mermaids are. Like, you would just kill everyone else in your vicinity. You're like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Manatees are beautiful, but they are not a
0: woman. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they are not a so woman. This, this so this just
0: shows how violent he was. Um, it just, like the man, that sailor from earlier on that took care of him with the food and all that when they got shipwrecked and they tricked everybody, they apparently prospered until a woman, until they captured a woman and then both of them wanted her for their own self and he just killed his friend that saved his life. So mm-hmm. he was pretty heartless, and I wonder what happened to the woman. Like, he, I, he probably killed her, too. Probably. Or she may have just jumped
1: ship. He, we don't need to speculate. No, let's not. It'll just... Let's not. Yeah. So we know he is a terrible killer, and a, but a real pirate. A real pirate who has real yes. treasure that he was definitely able to take from other people because he was ruthless. And so he must have had this big hoard of treasure. And you know he doesn't want anyone else to have it. So he must have hid it.
0: Yep. So talking about treasure, there are two to three, like we talked about, the origin stories. Um, And, you know, they span across 200 250 years or so, and there's a historian named Tom Hambright, who's the director of history at the Key West Library. He says that really almost any black pirate who lived during the 1700s and 1800s was likely to be called Black Caesar. So I don't know if like Caesar is some sort of connotation, or did he just mean like they would just call them like Black whatever their name is? following that? I don't know. Um, Or if like... Well, let's get him on the pod. We need to get Tom Hambright on the pod. (gasps) I need to talk to him. So, most historians have concluded that there were actually two Black Caesars and I just... I part of me just wants to disagree. I just want there to only be one, and I want it to be just this one man that we're learning about. Either way, we've talked about two to three origin stories, they vary in detail, but all three mention the rock. Like the rock with the iron ring is indisputable. It is there, the island is there. The iron ring I don't know if a hurricane has taken it out or what, but there is a plethora of evidence that this ring was there. And who knows, it could be underwater. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because they did dig it down into those, they dug those steps. It could have been on a part of the island that just like
1: kind of chipped off a little bit or something and it went to the very bottom of the sea. Like we could find this ring. I want to go
0: diving there. Let's go. Yeah, and I feel like since they all talk about it, he obviously did the boat laying down thing and obviously robbed ships and obviously has treasure somewhere.
1: Yeah. They found out the reason that the, the ring was there. I feel like it, the main black Caesar, like mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. real pirate, he's a real person. Yeah. Like he had to have been. He definitely left his treasure in the Keys, I think. He felt very comfortable there. He was able to figure out how to, you know, put a ship sideways and hide it from other people in the the mangroves and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like 100% his treasure is hidden there. And he had to have had treasure. He did. He obviously took over a ton of ships. I
0: just feel like it's out there somewhere, which... (laughs) I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I won't be a Debbie Downer yet. Let's... Okay. I'm going to talk about his supposed death and all this stuff first. So this is from Encyclopedia Britannica. This says, in the early 1700s, he joined Blackbeard's crew, like we talked about, as his lieutenant and was there for Blackbeard's death at the hands of Lieutenant Robert Maynard, Following his defeat, Black Caesar was captured with the surviving crew by Virginia colonial authorities and was hanged in Williamsburg in 1718, which is crazy because Williamsburg is one of my other favorite places. And I had no idea that he was supposedly hanged there in 1718, but there is a Miami historian who's passed away, but his name is David True. And he insisted that Caesar was captured by the Navy. I guess the British Navy. He described the pirate as half Scots, half black, an escaped slave who was later captured and returned to Key West. There he was tied to a tree and burned to death. So I guess because he was a runaway slave, they were saying, I don't even know if they supposedly burned him to death for piracy or if it was because he was a runaway slave. But this apparently this historian says the fire was started by the widow of one of Caesar's victims, which was a preacher whose eyes the pirate had burned out other. And then I randomly found from again, that sun Sentinel article three other versions of his fate, where he apparently sailed off into the Gulf of Mexico and was never heard from again, or he was killed by a woman on a vessel he boarded in the Gulf, or several years after leaving Sanibel, (laughs) yeah, maybe it was the woman he first captured. Several years after leaving Sanibel, he landed on the coast of Australia.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: apparently he wanted to join Blackbeard's crew and Blackbeard was like, no, you guys are a bunch of like wannabe pirates kind of thing. And he was like, well, you can't get on my ship, but I'll put you over in charge of like some kind of operations in Sanibel. And that turned out to be a fiasco. And I think he fled from there or something like he left Sanibel. I think it was raided by... i'm assuming the british navy i don't know so yeah the third thing says several years after leaving sanibel he landed on the coast of australia that is crazy odd so i long story short i have no idea what happened to him (laughs) but i do know he had an iron ring in the rock and treasure somewhere
1: the iron ring in the rock
0: is 100 proof it really is This just sums it up perfectly. It says, how else would such a successful pirate manage to leave such a delible footprint? It also would go a long way toward explaining how three different pirates bearing the same name and who allegedly inhabited the island, so that you know, Caesar's rock, over the course of four centuries share not just essentially identical stories, but what has been described time and time again as a single persona. Okay. I feel like- Definitely only one guy. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I feel like he definitely started out as a real person and then his essence lived on like a ghost of him. I don't know. I just feel like- and then nobody really knows what like happened to him. Like Encyclopedia Britannica says, like, oh, he was definitely hanged. And then these other like very reputable, solid sources are like, no, 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 he was burned at the stake. And then other people are like, well, no, he just sailed off and no one ever heard from him again. Or actually, he might have been killed by a woman, or maybe he went to Australia. And I'm like, perfect. He's okay. So, so like, he knows now what, what do happened we think? to him?
1: I think that he definitely originated as a person. He may have morphed into a spirit and been haunting people after that. But I think that he definitely Mm -hmm. was an escaped, like, slave person who went and just had followers. And they were like, we're following you wherever you go. And they were just able to take over a boat or boats. And he just was a pirate from then on. I would be a pirate too yes, if I had yeah. to do that, you know? Okay, now I'm going to think he's a spirit. <laughs> yeah, maybe his essence just lived on. I. This is so intriguing. Well, okay,
0: here's where I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. The treasure, I believe, is out there, slash was out there. <gasps> um. So people in... The late 1890s-ish, they started planting pineapples, actually, in all these little islands in the Keys. So there was a man named John Saunders, who was an impoverished Key West man, so super poor, and in 1890, decided to jump on the bandwagon with this pineapple farming, and he started farming on Elliott's Key.
1: I'm sorry but was he one of our ancestors?
0: I know, right? <gasps> oh my gosh, what if he was? We need to we need to we need to we need to check into this. John Saunders?
1: Yeah. Definitely could be. So- I and mean, an impoverished pineapple farmer, it sounds <laughs> like it um correlates.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, after a few days of you know, prepping the soil and all this stuff for his pineapple farm. He disappears, totally disappears. And in a, in a little while later, he reappears in Key West where A, he was very poor before. Now he's a proud owner of a ship, a, a ship, not just a tiny boat, but a ship called Hollyhock, which he apparently acquired in Cuba, Um, no one, he's obviously long gone by now, but nobody ever knew how he had the funds to get the boat, how he, well, and then he went on to build a fleet of trading ships, a fleet. So he didn't just buy one boat, but he bought like, so he got a ton of money. Yeah. And I, I am a little bit sad to oh, report that I think he, he might have found, he found the, the treasure. treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to think that – Yeah. I, I'm, like, obviously, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, dang, if he was that poor and then after a few days on the island disappears and is all of a sudden rich, like, okay, he probably found it. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, well, maybe he didn't find all of it. Or like – Maybe he had a rich relative yeah. that died and left him a giant giant. what's that called inheritance inheritance yes
1: it it's weird that he would, had to disappear for some days, but like maybe I'm still saying aliens. well, that's what
0: makes me think he so he went to Cuba to buy his boat, like he went yeah. away. Cause I feel like, okay, if he randomly found all this treasure and stayed in Key West and tried to buy this giant boat, people would be like, wait, where'd you get this money? Like, we know you're poor. So he, it's like people when they get in trouble and they're like, I'm gonna run away to Mexico or Alaska where nobody knows me. It's like, he ran away to Cuba and bought this boat and built a fleet and then comes home a super rich man. Like he probably spent all of the treasure building that only to make more money. And, like, what's anybody going to say at that point? Mm -hmm. He's already bought it all.
1: That's a very good point. He definitely could have found it. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I feel like it's still there. I feel like only just because of how kind of, like, Davy Jones' locker is. Like, uh, the ocean has this way of just taking secrets with it. And I just – Yeah. I feel like I 100% believe – That there is definitely still treasure on Mm -hmm. at least Elliot's Key or somewhere around there in the mangroves where the black Caesar would not think that anyone would be able to get to. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like, I don't know. I don't know if you would just be able to obtain it just like off of Key West or something.
0: Like I know. Well, I don't know. Okay, so. I am so frustrated because, like, I just want to go digging for this. But apparently if you find treasure in the United States, like, you're not allowed to keep it. I don't know. I'm not.
1: Okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. So
0: I don't know how old that law is, and that's also.
1: If that is true, we are going to start some sort of petition. Um, you can donate to us when I figure out how to do that. To allow treasures to be kept by the people who find them on, I'm going to call it the yes. finders keepers law.
0: I agree with that. Even if this guy I'm found all of the treasure. Finders keepers. Yeah. Losers Exactly. Weepers. I feel like if you find it, you should be able to keep it. 100%. So, yeah, basically there could be treasure out there. This guy could have found it. I want to believe it's still out there. I would literally be happy if I found a tiny little teensy weensy golden coin, like not even the whole treasure, but just a little tiny something to know like, Black Caesar was here. He buried this with his own two hands and I found it. That'd be super cool.
1: I totally agree. And I think that there are definitely ways that we could prove that any treasure that we find in the keys could be from Black Caesar. Mm-hmm. I also would love to get that guy on the podcast. Yeah, me too. Who can tell us yeah, like all he about is it. is
0: Tom Hambright. He's the director of history at the Key West Library. And I'm sure that he would be able to tell
1: mm-hmm. us so mm-hmm. much information about this like enigma of a <gasps> well, treasure.
0: if you do want to visit Elliot's Key – you can today. There are like glass bottom boat tours around the islands. You can do snorkeling, diving. There's ferry rides to Elliot's Key. Yeah, my dad has taken us there lots of times in the boat. So I think that's also why it's super special to me. You can even take a fishing you trip. You can. It's really cool.
1: My favorite one is Old Gold, I'm going to say. Yes.
0: Old Gold is... If you're looking for an authentic Florida Keys experience with a fishing guide who just has been doing this since he was a small child, you need to book with old gold. Experience of a lifetime could not sell it enough. Like I could not tell you how wonderful this experience is.
1: I'm very, very, very... Intensely interested in this Black Caesar.
0: Well, this wraps up our talk about Black Caesar, the elusive pirate. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We really appreciate you listening um to Treasure the Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at Treasure Podcast, where we post photos and extra info related to our discussions. If you have any personal gems or if you'd like to send us on a specific hunt, reach out at apodcast.com podcast, treasure at gmail.com. Your story could be featured on an upcoming episode from our listener treasure trove.
1: Tune in for the next episode. It will be coming out very soon and we cannot wait to hear from all of you. Okay. Bye.